Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody this is hondo carpenter from sports illustrated's fan nation las vegas raiders insider podcast we are it's thursday in the second week of camp there's a break today and man there is so much information to give you um really super excited about our conversation today you know Make sure that you are getting all your good Raider information, and we just want to thank you for coming here to get it. Let's dig right in because we've got a myriad of things to discuss. I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of material today. I want to start with there was Jimmy G and Max Crosby chirping at each other in practice, and it was hilarious, and it was fun, and and it was team-building. It wasn't hatred. It wasn't anything else. In fact, <clears throat> people were sending me tweets saying, hey, we heard that, you know, they had a skirmish and Max got kicked out and had to run laps. So not true. Not even close to true. That's why it's important to get your information from people who are there. You know, lots of people come and take our information and then disseminate it. But get it from those that are there because they understand what happened. So let me first of all explain this. Max and and, uh, Jimmy actually have a really super good relationship. And so Max jumped off sides and they were just chirping at each other and playing and and having fun like trash talkers do. And they're both trash talkers. By the way, if you haven't seen the Chandler Jones video from last week, he is not a trash talker. He is a jokester. But anyways, um, they were going at it and and just having fun and chirping at one another and, and and both sides of the ball were getting fired up and Max had to run a lap because of the jumping off sides had nothing to do with the skirmish in fact there's been a lot of talk in this camp um I would encourage you to go back uh, look at my interview with um Bo- uh, the interviews that we've put up with Bilal Nichols um Josh McDaniels they're uh, these guys are having fun. Last year, you could tell there was excitement. There was a new system, but they were learning. It was almost like half a nostril above water trying not to drown because the way Josh teaches is let's give them everything, see what sticks, and then begin to build from there. And this year, we've I've talked to multiple people about it. Guys are having fun. And and I understand, you know, it's a business. 
But the game of football is a game. And the guys that play it the best are the ones that, that obviously get paid the most. But the ones that pay that, that play the best are the ones that understand, I got to have fun doing it. Jimmy um, was having a lot of fun with that defense, chirping back at them. And, and at the same time, given his offense confidence, hey, I'm going to jump in there. And uh, I got your back. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to be jumping in. And that makes the offensive lineman even more fired up. Then you turn around and you see, you know, Max chirping and, or a Robert Spillane chirping or a Marcus Peters chirping. It's just fun. And, and there was no division in Raider Nation. There was no anger in Raider Nation. It was, I'm going to whoop you, I'm going to whoop you. Now, that was bred out of um, – all my years around football, I have never seen on the first day of pads ever a coach um, promote, want, and desire the level of toughness that Josh McDaniels wanted from his team. I mean, he, he it, it was noticeable. I mean, guys were being tackled to the ground. Now, you don't see that. You just don't. And what was fascinating to me was, and Josh didn't deny it, is that he was he was setting a tone. He was letting his team know, hey, listen, last year we learned, we were learning a lot, but this year we're going to be tough. And we're going to go at it. We're going to battle. And, and we're going to get some toughness back in the Raiders organization. And it started day one at camp, and it continued through day two. Um, just the toughness, the hitting um, watching guys play. I, the other day, I couldn't remember the term. A lot of guys play until the whistle. And a lot of guys play till. and the Raiders used to be one of those teams that played through the echo of the whistle. And you're seeing that. Um, I'm going to get into this more later, but I, I guess we can get into it now. Several things different in this year's camp. First of all, the fun. Guys are having fun again. And, and they're getting it and they're understanding the system. I'm watching, you know, Devonte helping Jacorian and other young guys, but he's also <clears throat> defensive backs, but he's also helping wide receivers. Max Crosby doing the same thing. Robert Spillane doing the same thing. I don't remember who he was talking to. I don't. I don't remember if it was Dylan Parham or Andre uh, James. Could have been McClendon Curtis, but one of those young players. And Robert Spillane's talking to them and, and, and giving them some stuff. It's just there. Second thing is team speed. It is it is marketably different. I mean, when you watch um, some of these guys on offense and defense, just the team speed is phenomenal. And then the third thing that really hits me on this, so you got toughness, you got speed, you got fun. That's the three things about this camp that are surprising to me. Now, let's all be very blunt honest. If they don't win, nobody cares, period. But I think all of those things that are, are help, that shows they're headed in the right direction towards winning. And I think those are some early observations from camp. Now, I want to get into some other things. Um, Trey Tucker is having a phenomenal camp. He's not having a good camp. And I'm not one lent to hyperbole when you're talking football. 
And I'm telling you, Trey Tucker is having a phenomenal camp. Here's how you know when somebody's having a good camp. Not when the coaches talk about it, but when players talk about it, when they're discussing it, when players are talking to other players, hey, do you see so-and-so? Hey, do you see that? Do you see what he did there? When And there was a couple of plays that I watched him make um, and, and just the way that he turned his body and then was able to accelerate. His acceleration, they knew he was fast. Some guys are fast because they've got to get a head start. So I'll give you an example. I covered Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, everyone knows, super fast. And he had long strides. So he had to get into his speed. Um, Trey Tucker, he is compact. He's a, you know, I don't I don't mean he's not yet that he's small, but he's 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 just his frame and everything. And he can accelerate so fast to get to his speed. It's really interesting. He's gonna cause problems. And if he continues his camp. Now, I had mentioned to you about Trey, but like I had said, you needed to see guys with pads. And this is a kid that absolutely, absolutely, after two days in pads, and I know it's only two, but he's given us all these indications, and now with pads, he's done it. This is a kid that's going to make waves in 2023 for the Las Vegas Raiders. He just has playmaking ability. Now, Devontae, this has been, uh, we saw this last year, but even more this year. And I find it funny. Um, you know, everyone, every time we turn around, someone's trying to come up with a new conspiracy why Devontae wants to leave, and he doesn't. So, Jacorian Bennett has impressed a ton of people. His speed is just you, know, you may remember in the offseason, and if you go back and watch my camp videos, I mean, uh, my draft videos, there was concern because he's so aggressive that if a Patrick Mahomes goes running towards the line of scrimmage, he'll leave his receiver and try to meet him. You know, most corners stay with their guys. They don't like contact. Corin will leave and come like this. And there was concern that they'd be able to draw him off the receiver and then a Patrick Mahomes who can get a centimeter from the line of scrimmage stop and throw on a dime can beat him. And you could tell in the early camps that that was something they were working on. And in this camp, um, just his ability, he's got to learn. Listen, the coaching at Maryland doesn't compare to the coaching in the NFL. It's just not even the same. Neither is the level of competition. Okay, he may have gone against a Chris Olave at Ohio State. But he's not going against a player like that every week, let alone every day in practice. So the thing that impresses a lot of people with Jacorian is his quick acceleration to use his speed to correct to, you know, to correct things. I'll give you an example. In practice, he's going against a, a, a terrific wide receiver who does a double move and gets him out of position. All right. As soon as he recognizes it, flips his hip, and bam, he's back there and still able to make a play. He's playing really well. Now, I'm not ready right now to say he's a starter, but what I am ready to say is he is now competing to be a starter. And, and there's a difference, but he's competing 
to be a starter. He's a stud. And and so this goes back to Devante. Devante so Devante's out there, and whosoever rep it was wasn't there. And Jacorian jumped in and took the rep. Now, you need to understand something. So there's 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 fans there. I don't know how many. Let's say a couple hundred. And then media and all that. Devontae Adams beats everybody. Devontae Adams. There, there are very few players that go toe-to-toe with Devontae Adams. Uh, there's an old adage that a wide receiver never thinks he's not open. Well, I'm convinced that Devontae always is. It's just the reality. I'm there at camp. I mean, I see it every single day. I don't remember who I was talking to, so forgive me on this, but it was one of my colleagues in the media. And uh, I made the comment, man, any play you come out, Devontae has to be your first option. I don't care what the play is. And they agreed. So Devontae beats Jacorian big. Now, in case you're wondering, He's beat everybody big. He's Devontae Adams. He is the best in the National Football League. And so Jacorian doesn't leave his side. They're walking back. It was a long route. They're, they're walking back and maybe even jogging. And Jacorian's asking him questions and Devontae's teaching him. The humility of Devontae Adams. You know, he could be like Aaron Rodgers. Thank God he isn't. But he could be like Aaron Rodgers and say, yeah, you know, that's not really my thing. No, he understands. I bring a lot to the table. I bring a lot to the table to this team, not just my physical ability, but my brain. And he's another coach on this field, and he has taken a coach's role. Um, it was interesting watching Josh McDaniels watch Devontae coach. Um, I really would encourage you to go watch the video from yesterday. Um, with Josh McDaniels just talking about camp, really solid video, good video. If if you know, I understand every time you put a video up of Josh, some watch it, some just put a clown face, whatever they want to do. I mean, that's your decision. I'm not going to tell you what to think. But if you care about this team, you love this team, you want to know where they're going, you want to know what you're doing. Those are still important videos to watch, even if you don't care for certain people, because you're trying to assimilate and and to extrapolate from their comments where they're at. So Devante's humility and his teaching have touched a lot of people. Now, I've talked to a lot of receivers about it. You can go watch the videos. This may be, and I believe it is, the most talented wide receiver room in the National Football League. So you've got Devontae Adams, number one, clearly best wide receiver in the NFL, playmaker, star, everything. Jacoby Myers, number two. He's he's such a good number two. And again, I think this was Vinny Bonsignor I was talking to, but if not, I apologize, but it was one of them. We were talking about Jacoby. I mean, he's a traditional number one. So for him to say, okay, I'm going to be a number two, but he still brings number one talent. So if they have to double and triple Devontae, here is Jacoby. Well, you know what he's going to do. Okay, then you got Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter and Hunter Renfro, who are all having really good camps. All right, Philip Dorsett, number six, another solid, really good camp. And these are these, there are weapons literally everywhere on just the wide receiver room. And so when you watch how Devontae's leading that room, 
it's pretty fascinating. Now, I want to get to Marcus Peters because his first few days were not Marcus Peters-ish. I know that's not a word, but it wasn't what you would expect from a Marcus Peters if you didn't also give him credit. He's got to get into shape. He hasn't been into OTAs. He wasn't in mini camps. But what I thought was really cool is watching and observing camp. You know, he got his first interception. And and let me just tell you, it, he made a play in that ball now. He, he looked. It was not a play that just some guy off the street would have made. It was a Marcus Peters. It took athleticism and being an acrobat, just his ability to make that move. Um, he's getting there. So a lot of people have, you know, were concerned early when they saw some reports that he was getting beat and maybe didn't look as good. No, I mean, the guy hasn't been in there. He has to get into football shape. And uh, but he's legit. And and it was good watching him get that first interception. And he's engaged. Um, he's got the attitude, man. He's Marcus Peters. And and it was interesting to watch and, and fun to watch. All right. Now I want to turn to a rookie. And I want to tell you how big of a um, a how big of a impact he's had. Right after the draft, I did a draft video. You can go back and watch. But I went back and did a draft video about Michael Mayer. Now they had him on their board as a first round prospect. Their twelfth to fifteenth best prospect. They stole him getting him in the second round. I've, 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 ad, I've talked ad nauseum about how it happened, so I'm not going to go back to that. But he dropped and they nabbed him. Man, they got him. They think he is everything. Now, I even mentioned to you before camp, you know, Jesper Horstead is, Horstead is a guy that they like too, a young player, but they go out and get OJ. They go out and get Austin Hooper. They go out and get Michael Mayer. And they really like Michael Mayer, but you had to keep tapping the brakes until pads came on. It was so evident after day one in pads that they were able to just say goodbye to O.J. Howard. Great, good guy. There was nothing O.J. did. His attitude was good, everything else. Everything else. The problem is they just don't have a lot of need to carry all that. And with Jesper and Austin Hooper and Michael Mayer having – Great camps. He was odd guy out, so he's gone. Now, let me tell you about Michael Mayer. I think he's the number one tight end right now on this team, number one. <clears throat> and I don't know that it's close. Now, maybe they list him at two for a couple of preseason games, whatever. I, however the semantics goes, I don't care. The season started today, Michael Mayer would be your number one tight end. Now, it was really fascinating in camp. Now, you have to understand, Max Crosby really likes the young kid. And, of course, the kid just looks up to Max like any young player in the NFL would. So, first two days of camp, you saw a heavy dose of Max Crosby working on him. Now, see, there's the one-on-ones. And you saw Max Crosby give him an education. <laughs> and... And what was really cool was just like Jacorian Bennett, Michael Mayer, right back into it. He wanted more. He was hungry for more. He coveted more. And and it was great watching them, you know, that interaction. It was great watching Max teach him. 
it was great watching Max kind of show him some things. And you could tell, even though that they're in these drills, they're not – usually it's whistle, whistle, get up there, get up there, next group, next group. No, it was, okay, they're talking. We're going to let them talk. It made the Raiders better. Again, if you didn't watch my video yesterday of Josh McDaniels, you need to go watch it. Josh talks about the mayor, um, Crosby, um, interaction as well as the Marcus and Jacorian. But Michael Mayer has impressed everybody. He is the absolute real deal. I'm going to be on Sirius XM um, radio tonight. Join me on there. I'll have more to say about Michael Mayer, but, but he's the absolute real deal. This kid out of Notre Dame, they stole him in the second round. Absolutely stole him. He's a phenomenal player, and he's going to be a good one. All right, next I want to talk about um, – um, physicality. I alluded to it at the top of the program, but it's, it's, I think it's very important to get into right now. And this is the physicality of this camp. I can't say enough about it. Last year, you'd hear pads and guys would hit. I'm not saying they didn't, but the physicality has been incredibly impressive. And they know um, I, I have to word my words right. They know last year there was too many missed tackles. There was some issues with physicality. And it wasn't that the team was soft. It's just that there wasn't a lot of that practice in camp. And they knew they had to change that this year. Um, my job is to not be a cheerleader for this team. My job is just to tell you what's going on. But when I'm asked by Raider fans, what are some things that should encourage me? The physicality. I mean, this was a has been a physical, physical football team. Now, I'm a lot older than most of you. I'm 52. I remember growing up, it was always the Raiders that seemed like on Monday Night Football. And Monday Night Football didn't come on where I lived in Michigan in the Midwest until 9 p.m. So if you're a young kid, I mean, you would beg and beg and beg and beg to stay up to watch Monday Night Football. And you would make sure on on Sundays and all day Monday, man, you were on your best behavior because you wanted to be able to stay up and watch Monday Night Football. And one of the things that has really impressed me um, in a negative way about the Raiders is at times you would see it, but in the first three seasons I've covered this team, you didn't see that edge. You didn't see, you know, you'd see a chirpy Gruden or you would see a, a player here or there be physical. But you didn't see it from the offense, which someone says, what do you mean physical now? Oh, you can see offenses that attack. You didn't see it from the offense, and you didn't see that physicality from the defense. Just didn't see it. And you are starting to see it in this camp. Now, I can't tell you if it's going to continue through the season. What I can tell you is that they are pushing it, they want it, and now it's going to be interesting to see if it happens. But the Raiders got to be more physical. This is a game of uh, – it's a physical game. Um, I've heard people say, yeah, but you don't want this, you don't want this, you, you know, you don't want people to get hurt. I understand in training camp you don't want to get people to get hurt. But I think when you're systemically changing a problem that's been there for seasons, not just one or two, 
It's now systemic. It's now part of the of the program of the franchise. I think then you got to send the message early. No, we're breaking this out. And to me, that is something that has absolutely stood out. Now, uh, another person, uh, another thing I want to talk about is the short game. Now, I want to explain what I mean by this. And I alluded to this the other day. And because it's Derek Carr, I got a ton of, boy, you're right, and a ton of, boy, you're a car hater. I want to make this, this is not about Derek Carr. But the Raiders had struggled last season with accuracy. It was not a good year last year with accuracy. That's a fact. That's not hating on Derek. It's not putting all the season on. If you think last year's failure of a season was all on Derek Carr, then you're not a fair person and you just hate Derek Carr. But if you also think Derek Carr did nothing to contribute to it, then you're probably a car supporter who doesn't look at reality. He himself said, you know, they didn't get his best. That being said, the thing that has stood out to me in this camp, and you're going to watch this now, you're going to see this in the offense. They're going to be getting the ball out more quicker. There's this soft coverage area, which is from 10 to 25 yards. They are going, the, the Josh McDaniel system, when it's at its best, has always been that. Now, I laugh because people say, oh, but he can't get the ball long to Devontae. Now, let me tell you, anyone telling you that is not at camp. Because we've watched him many times throw deep to Devontae in camp. And it is whatever it is. I mean, you heard uh, Jim even talk about it the other day. You can go back and watch the video. He threw a ball so long and didn't think Devontae was going to get to it. And he did. That's not the issue. <clears throat> but you want to be able to attack when you get safeties and corners moving up, thinking you're going to hit that soft coverage spot from, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 yards to 25. And in that zone, there isn't a throw Jimmy can't make. And oh, by the way, he can make the long one over the top. But that's where he thrives. Now, when you watch, go back and watch video of Devontae when he was with Aaron Rodgers. When he did, he made a living out of those short catches and then running an extra 60 yards. Yak, yards after the catch. Give him that ability. Allow him to demonstrate that ability and to use that talent. And it's a good thing. So they've been working a ton on attacking the short game. You know, one, two, three, throw. One, two, throw. Getting the balls out quick. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. We know that this offensive line can rush block. And we also know that, that, that they struggled in the passing game. But part of the struggle in the passing game was just holding the football too long. You got to beat boom, boom, boom throw. You can't be holding the ball a million years. Hey, we understand Patrick Mahomes does. Okay, we get that. We understand Josh Allen does. We even understand that some Joe Burrow does. But, and even some Aaron Rodgers. But we're dealing with among the top five best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and some can argue that Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn. 
So if that's not your skill set, you can't do it. Guess what? I've watched people ride unicycles. I've watched people run a 4440. I've watched people go up to a buffet, buffet and just eat a salad. But do you know what all three of those have in common with me? I can't do them. Same way with, you know, if, if you're not a Patrick Mahomes and you don't have that skill set, you don't do that. That's not what the Raiders system wants from their quarterback. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. They have been emphasizing, bam, short game, short game. They have bursty wide receivers with great acceleration. Listen, y'all know what Hunter can do. Y'all know what Hunter can do. Y'all know what Devontae can do. We know what Jacoby can do. We know what Philip Dorsett can do. I mean, we know what DeAndre can do. And by the way, he's had a really good camp too, DeAndre Carter. And the rookie, we, we know what he did at Cincinnati, but you can't say he's going to do it in the NFL. But after two days in pads, he's still doing it. They have built this on a shifty, fast, wide receiver core. Now, you have to understand the Raiders don't tell us what to say. They don't even try. But I have to explain something here because you may wonder, can you explain to me what that looks like? No, because every reporter at any, any every NFL training camp knows there are certain things that we don't discuss, such as strategy. So I'll, I'll give you something way out of left field. All right. Raiders are running Bilal Nichols out of the backfield in an eye formation. Now, could we talk about And he's not. He's not. Bilal Nichols getting reps at running back. Yeah. But we're not, we wouldn't get into strategy. And the only reason I said that is because, trust me, that's not happening. Or is it? <laughs> it's not happening. But because I'm trying to explain to you and to show you, um, um, what things I don't talk about and why. So they are doing a lot of unique strategery on that. They're still going deep. They're still doing things. Just how they're mixing things up um, has been really interesting to me. Now, I want to talk to you about DeAndre Carter real quick because I mentioned him. DeAndre Carter, during mini camps and, and during OTAs, was there, made some nice catches, but didn't get a lot of press. And I'm going to tell you why he didn't, because he is a yak guy, yards after catch. He is a guy who is a very physical wide receiver. He's a guy that's going to lower his pads. He's not a guy that's going to, if, if there's one more yard, he's not stepping out of bounds. So if you go back and watch the interview with him the other day, him and I discussed that. And so you're going to hear more about DeAndre Carter because now that the pads are on, this is where his game is shined. Everybody can look good in, in cleats and shorts. But DeAndre Carter, he shines in his, his level of football when the pads are on. So you're seeing the Raiders do a lot of work on short game. You know, we need to, to move the football. Hey, I'd rather take seven yards, a quick pass. Let's go to the next one, give it to Josh, get the first down and keep going. You don't have to get it all with the long ball. Um, this is my opinion. I reserve the right to change my opinion. 
Um, but I'm up to now. My opinion is this offense is a lot better. Now, in fairness, and I want to I want to really stress this because a lot of people are asking me, what do you what's about the defense? What about the defense? And I don't blame you. The defense was the weak weak point last year. Uh, the problem is is when you're seeing those hard contact drills to the ground, you're not getting a lot of 11 on 11s. And so I'm going to tell you a lot more about the defense next week when San Fran's in town. And then obviously we'll see more in the preseason game. But um, do, do I think the defense looks better? Yes, 100% I do. Not a hundred percent better, but a hundred percent. Yes, I do feel that way, but I'm not ready to say too much. I need to see more in pads. Um, I don't, I, there's no sense getting you hyped up and, and I, I just want to see more. So I realize that some of my colleagues are, are maybe being a little bit more, um, upbeat about it. And I'm older than some of them, not all of them, but some of them. And I think I've just seen more. That's what makes me be a little bit more um, cautious. So I hope you understand that. I hope at least you get it. You may disagree, but I hope you understand and get it. Now, I want to talk to you about um, the signing of Chase Garbers. People have asked, does this mean Aiden O'Connell's looking bad? Does it mean, you know, they're cutting Brian Hoyer? Okay, let me explain what this means. I will be stunned if Jimmy Garoppolo shows up in any preseason game. I'll be surprised. Nah, I'm going to rephrase this. I'd be stunned if Jimmy Garoppolo <clears throat> um, played any preseason games. I don't expect him to play in any. Okay? But like on Wednesday at practice, they pulled Jimmy out and put Hoyer in. All right. Everyone's like, oh, Jimmy's in. No, Jimmy wasn't injured. That was planned. It was part of the plan. Um, the way it was described to me by someone um, um, in the organization is it's like having a pitcher on a pitch count. They're just they're just being cautious, which I told you before camp they're going to do. There's zero. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to lead this team in the preseason. He needs to lead it in the regular season. They have they are so blessed this year. They're in San Fran. I mean, San Fran's here next week. Then we go to L.A. for the Rams. And they're at the Rams for practices. Jimmy is going to get a ton of practice, a ton of it, and live practices, which is better than anything because it's controlled. So he's going to be fine. So they needed another quarterback for the games. They also need another quarterback for in practice. They also like Garbers, and he knows the system. So this, this was not a, a reflection on um, – it was not a reflection whatsoever. We'll make that clear. Whatsoever on Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy or Brian. Now, Brian Hoyer has been tremendous in this camp, coaching Garbers and, and, and coaching – Aiden O'Connell, man, he's been phenomenal. He's been literally in uh, O'Connell's ear the whole time <clears throat> helping him. He's been incredibly accurate, as has Jimmy G. You know, Jimmy G had a couple of days uh, where he did not look good. 
But again, like Marcus Peters, he was back throwing and he had to get back. But I'm going to tell you the first two days of pads, Jimmy's look really good, as has Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, now you need to understand, I know I know Brian Hoyer. I know his and his grandmother, his brothers and sisters still consider them friends to this day. His mom and dad the same. Uh, his beautiful wife and children, great, just wonderful people. And going back to St. Ignatius High School in in um uh, Ohio, Brian has always been extremely accurate. And his parents, uh, Axel and Julie, were always, hey, remember, BH, Brian Hart, be humble. Just be humble. And Brian is. He's a very humble guy, but he is an extremely accurate passer. When he was coming out of it as a senior at Michigan State, a lot of people blew him off. And the Patriots loved him because the way the Patriots scout is he had 70 dropped balls his senior year. These are balls that should have been caught, that caught, caught. And so they understood, man, when you look at all the balls, because he had a, did not have the greatest receiving, had some good receivers, but as a group, they were not great. You know, they didn't help him. And that's why the, the Patriots gobbled him up. They loved him. They gobbled him up. They got him. They wanted him. Now, that being said, and this is super important, is his accuracy has been there and been able to help. Now, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Brian Hoyer in preseason. I, I was going to say this earlier. I'll be, I'll be stunned if we even see Jimmy. I'll be surprised if we see much of Brian. You know, maybe one, two, two, uh, what you would traditionally see with a starter at other teams, maybe one or two drives a game, maybe. I don't even think you see him in Dallas. But in those first two games, maybe one or two drives. That's it. And the rest is going to be Aiden O'Connell and going to be Chase Garbers. They're going to, they're, they're going to get – Aiden O'Connell is going to have a lot of opportunity this preseason. So I like the quarterback. I love the accuracy. Now, I mentioned this before, again, because when you look at – if they're able to get the ball out quicker, it means your offensive line doesn't have to be hold sustained passing blocks. It's playing to your advantages. Now, I'm going to go back a few years, but, you know, I've covered the Raiders. This is my fourth season. And so I watched them a couple of years um, before it. But <laughs> how long have you watched the Raiders? And 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 hold on. I'm a, I think I'm going to – I'm not going to – I was going to sneeze. How long have you watched the Raiders – and thought, man, they're stubborn. They're trying to do something that isn't there. Now you're seeing the Raiders. They didn't adjust to their personnel. Now you're seeing where they're adjusting to that personnel. Okay, you know what? We want accuracy. We want quicker throws. We want a short game to be developed, to be more of the Josh McDaniel system. This is where I think there were times maybe Josh and Derek butted heads where you got to get rid of the ball, but and you're holding it too long. Okay. That goes back to Gruden telling Derek, hey, wait to that last second before you, you know, do something with that ball. And it was just difference of approach. 
Didn't make Derek bad. Didn't make Josh bad. But the problem is, is that Derek was the quarterback, but Josh was Daniels was brought in to run his system by the owner. And so, again, accuracy has been extremely much higher at camp with Jimmy, Brian, and Aiden. Now, I want to move to Aiden O'Connell real quick because, uh, and I still have a couple more things I want to address. Aiden O'Connell has looked, uh, he struggled, rookie struggles, and still looked good. But the last two days of camp, he has shined with pads on. Um, there was one drill, and again, I have to you understand I, I have to be a little bit evasive um, because that's not fair to the Raiders. And if you're a Raider fan, I don't think you want journalists giving up strategery in place of information. But there was a drill, multi, a drill where it was involved. It was seven on sevens. And uh, I think he went eight of 10, nine of 10. And it wasn't just two yard passes. It was, there was some down the field in that seven, eight, nine, 10 to 25 year old range. I mean, he looked phenomenal. And I want to reiterate to you, I said this during the draft and I've said it all the way through. This is a kid that if he would have come out of school as a junior, probably would have been a first round draft pick. The Raiders really feel good about this kid. And they really like him. Now they want to see some preseason action and all of that. He's not displaced Brian Hoyer as the number two, not saying that. But I'm telling you, he has been the real deal. And, and Raider Nation, you may have yourself a young quarterback. You do have yourself a young quarterback that the organization could definitely see potentially down the road leading this organization. Aiden's super good. And a couple things about him that have um, shocked me a little bit. Number one, um, very competitive. Now, you may say, isn't everybody at this level? No, but competitive may not even be the right word. Very uh, edgy competitive. Uh, I didn't expect that out of him. So that has surprised me a little bit since pads come on. It's been noticeable. Very accurate. And I have said to you all along since since the draft, he's going to have to work on holding the ball. He looked really good on that. Um, still looks like a rookie. Still has you know times where it'll it'll drop a little bit or it'll hold it a little bit longer. But it's nothing like it was. Clearly, uh, Coach Bo has given him tremendous coaching, and and he's getting it from Mick Lombardi too, and also getting it from Josh McDaniels and Brian Hoyer. So I mean, he's got a lot of coaches, but um, he's getting it. And, and he's looked very good, and he's having a really, really solid camp. I mean, when you're talking about rookies who are shining and rookies who are looking good on offense, it's Michael Mayer, it's um, Trey Tucker, Aiden O'Connell, all looking good. And I'll get into more later. So I just want to make sure that that point was, was clear on Aiden. Um, I told you before training camp the Raiders were going to be very cautious with Tyree Wilson. He's at camp. He's around camp. They are taking their time. Now, that nothing has happened to discourage them in any way to think he's not going to be everything that they want. So I want to make sure everyone understands that. 
I've heard some whispers from people who are not here or around the program. Oh man, they're taking them slow. I'm hearing they're disappointed. Not hearing that in the least bit, not in the least bit. They are just being, they, they think he's an escalade. Let's not treat him like a Hugo. Anybody here old enough to remember what that was or a Chevette? You know, let's just, we think he's an escalade. So let's take all the time that we need. We can bring him in. You know, if he comes in late in passing situations, say, go get the quarterback. But if you think he is a long-term viable stud, and obviously you better, you picked him at seven, you own this pick, then you have to be cautious. So I hear a lot of people saying, what, what about the – here's what I'm telling you, Tyree Wilson. I would just put him in the back of your mind and know he's there, know they picked him at seven and they think he's a stud, and know that they're just being overly cautious. And that's just the way that the the situation is resulting. Okay, now I, uh, I want to get into um, McClendon Curtis. This is a UDFA um, coming out of uh, uh, UDFA um, coming out of T, uh, UT Chattanooga, a guard. I projected him to make the the roster, the fifty three man. This is a kid that. They're two days into camp, and they can already see that kid's got a future in the NFL. He gonna, you know, he's going to play in the NFL. Now, he's strong as an ox. The guy is just a beast. He's – I mean, he is the incredible Hulk. He's just strong, strong, and, and strong. He has to adjust going from University of Tennessee, Knoxville – the Vols to the NFL is a big step, but from UTC from UTC University of Tennessee Chattanooga to the NFL, I mean you need to catch a bus. And so the interesting thing with him is I still have him making the fifty three because they really like him. But the question is going to be, can they put him? It, it probably would behoove the Raiders to put him on a practice squad. But can but then can they keep them? Will somebody else sign them to their 53 man? So do you have to hide them on the 53 or can you put them on the, the practice? It's gonna be an interesting thing to see. But he's he's everything that 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 they thought he was. Again, I said all along I thought Dalton Wagner was a practice squad guy, I still do. I, I still think he's got a shot. I mean, I think I think injuries are gonna be his biggest his biggest question mark. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think Dalton Wagner has a great future in the NFL. Uh, but again, I think he's headed to practice squad, but the big question is going to be McClendon Curtis, but he's, he's doing a lot well. He's working hard and man, he, I'm not going to tell you who, but I watched someone, he, he was holding a pad on a drill. He was, he was, they, they were, they were doing some drills and he's holding the pad. And this guy comes down the field or down the line and hits him. And, and, the, and the guy just stops. <laughs> That's how strong he is. So, again, he, he's doing – but I think that's a guy I've talked about a lot. I'm going to give you another name, Drake Thomas. This kid should have been the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Pat, I know that's going to make you angry, but uh, should have been. And this kid, linebacker, UDFA out of North Carolina – State, this kid's a real deal. 
This kid is just a thumper. Might reminds a lot of people of uh, Luke Masterson. And we know Luke Masterson. He's one of the starters. And Luke Masterson had a great season last year as a rookie. Um, he's super tough. Reminds a lot of people of Robert Spillane, but not as vocal. Um, and, and Drake Thomas reminds a lot of people of that. Now, you may say, then why are they looking at the former linebacker at Kansas City or Jalen Smith? All right. Need to explain all of this. They're looking at these guys because Dave Ziegler is good at his job. Because Dave Ziegler is understanding, I have to keep um, looking at guys, checking on them. Where are they? So if I have an injury, bam, I can go sign this guy. I already know where he's at. So you're going to see lots of reports of guys coming in. You're going to see lots of reports of guys coming in for workouts. And that's because Dave Ziegler's doing his job. And Dave Ziegler's getting it out. And the reason that you see a lot of that get out is you'll see agents release it because they want other teams to know, hey, my guy's here. He's viable. Other teams are looking at him. You should too. And I, who blames them? So I'm just giving you, I don't, I don't, they're, they're looking. Now, they're constantly evaluating film. They're watching film today. Players have a day off, but the coaches are, and they, and they may say at any position, man, I don't like the way that's going. Ziegler, go get us somebody else. Okay. They get rid of OJ Howard. And they bring in Hollister, a guy they knew and liked. So anyways, and again, OJ did nothing wrong. Just other guys played really, really well. And uh, so I would I, that's how I would approach when you hear the stories about other guys coming in and other guys coming out. There's a lot of people making some interesting moves. I've been um, interesting watching a meek grabbing every rep that he can. Nate Hobbs grabbing some stuff in there. I'm just trying to pick up extra work. Watching the offensive line. Now, Carmen Brasillo, who I'm going to have an article on before the season starts. This guy's stud. He's stud. And he's the best offensive line coach in the National Football League, in my opinion. He's not even close. He, he's phenomenal. This guy can take whatever kind of chicken you give him and make chicken salad. And... um I, I know that the Raiders have come in and they've got their five starters back from last year, all right? And I'm not willing to make any predictions of a change in the starting five yet. But they are out there and they're giving a lot of guys a lot of looks at different places. And if any of those five came in thinking, okay, good, this is mine, they're going to let competition prove that, and I think that's vital. And Carmen is a typical Carmen, just great coaching, great analysis. You know, I, I laugh about this. Josh McDaniels has a really good coaching staff. Most of his coaches are really good. In fact, I would say there may be one that I still can't believe is on his staff and one that I'm not sure about. And let's just say I don't think I'm the only one with those concerns. We'll just leave it right there. But the rest of this staff is coaching their tail off. And they are, you know, the, the players love the vast majority of these coaches. And they're in it. 
There's a lot of camaraderie. You see a lot more joking. You see a lot more, you know, again, last year was teaching, a lot more heavy coaching this year. But you're, get, you're seeing it and you're getting it. So this far into camp, basically two weeks, or not exactly two weeks, but essentially two weeks. Um, those are my observations. Just taking you in camp, trying to give you the nuances. You know, Daniel Carlson's Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole, Jake and Bob and Moyer, special teams fine. But I'm just telling you, it's it's been interesting to watch. Tom McMahon, um, I think he's having a good camp too, the special teams coach. Uh, I, 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 I really have a couple of things I'd like to tell you, but it would be strategic and I'm not doing that. But I think he's having a good camp, but they all are. And I'm watching Josh move around more this year. Um, and I think it's because Mick Lombardi and the other offensive coaches, and he's going able to spend a little bit more time on defense, watching, analyzing, uh, and um, Im- impacting too. It's not just watching, just not spectator, it's his team. So if I had to say to you, what do I think the state of the Raiders is? I think they're significantly better than where they were when the season ended. And that's just a lot of my observations. I'm going to do another one of these um, either Sunday or Monday morning, but uh, giving you some more. But that's where we sit right now. Thank you always for listening. Remember, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Uh, We are part of the – we are the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for tuning in. want you to know that we appreciate you. Always want to give you the best. Hope that you – Have a great weekend. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.